Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. You've probably heard the phrase before, perspective is everything. And I believe it is. Perspective is a a particular attitude towards something or a way of regarding something. It's a point of view. You know, several people can view something, let's say a car accident. Several people can view the very same thing and have various perspectives on what actually happened and whose fault it was and things like that. Whose perspective on the finished work of Christ do you think would be the most important? Well, for me, I'd like to know Jesus' perspective. So we're going to take a look today at what Jesus said and what he personally revealed to the Apostle Paul, who was his chosen person to spend 13 years with in the Arabian desert, take him up to heaven, show him things that were unspeakable, and to explain to him mysteries that had been hidden since the beginning of time, and then call him to be the apostle of grace to reach everybody, all the Gentiles, all of the world. So Jesus' perspective on the finished work of Christ, I believe, is very important. It's like more important than mine or yours or anybody else's. So today, we're going to take a look at what Jesus said and what he personally revealed to the Apostle Paul. All right, the backstory on Jesus' perspective of the finished work of the cross starts before what we call the beginning. According to Jesus, according to what he revealed to the Apostle Paul, before anything, God existed as the Trinity, three people with one essence. The Trinity is the foundation, of course, of basic Christianity before it got perverted. The Trinity was three people, three entities, one essence, that existed forever in relationship, selfless, other-centered love in relationship, love in action, total joy. That's where the foundation is in Jesus' perspective for everything. Now, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and this was the Christ, this was before Jesus the man was born, the Trinity couldn't improve on that relationship, but they could expand it. They could create a family in their image and likeness, and so that's what they did. The book of Ephesians tells us that they actually dreamt us all up before the foundation of the world, before they created the world, the universe. They dreamt us up in their minds in Christ, and they created us in their image and likeness as spirit beings. That's our pure essence of who we are. We're pure, holy, right with God. We're in Christ. We're blessed. That's our true identity. That's our perfect perspective mindset. 
And they did all that because their great love for us, love in action. Some people see things glass half full, some half empty. I think Jesus' perspective is always the glass is full to running over with living water. Then, according to Jesus' perspective, he spoke and created the universe, everything in it. He spoke and created everything with a purpose. That purpose is to support our lives, his family, those he created in his image and likeness. He spoke to create the whole universe in our earth with its temperature and atmosphere and with the water and the things to sustain us and everything for our benefit. And then he started sending us spirit beings that they had created in advance before they created anything that we know of, started sending us to earth. And the first people, the first man and woman, operated from a true, perfect perspective, a perfect, positive perspective mindset. They literally existed one with Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit. They walked with them. They talked with them. They knew where they came from. They believed, they knew there was a creator, and they knew how good God was, and they had a perfect mindset. Then, of course, unfortunately, they lost that true perspective, that true mindset, and created in their own minds, didn't exist anywhere else, it wasn't true, it wasn't reality, but they created in their own minds a false mindset, a diseased mindset. They created in their perspective an angry, list-keeping, punitive God who was watching them out to get them. They created in their own minds a new identity for them, a false identity, where they believed they were totally wretched, they were depraved, they were as bad as you could get except for others who were even worse than them. See, that's all false. That's a false negative. We become blind to the truth. Mankind became blind to the truth and literally lived in the darkness. And that was passed on to everybody, the ultimate group think with a false mindset. It wasn't Jesus' perspective, but it became human's perspective, every human up until Jesus came. Now, the real us, our real essence, never changed. Just our diseased mind, our mind, thoughts, and actions, they're not our true essence. But we believe the lie, and some people still do, that our thoughts and our actions and our deeds are who we are, our essence. But they're not, not at all. Most people then either saw a glass half empty and contaminated, and some saw the glasses half full, but that glass that's half full had to be gained and maintained and perpetually cleansed by what we do. Well, that whole mindset, that false mindset, lasted until Jesus came as a human being, what we call the incarnation. When Jesus came, he came to earth as a human with a perfect perspective. Now, before the creation, the Trinity knew how all this was going to play out because they're omniscient. They know everything. So they set a time in advance when the cure would take place, when we would be redeemed from that false mindset. And Jesus told us that he, the reason he came was to seek and save that which was lost, mankind's true perspective perfect positive mindset. That's what was lost. He came to seek and save that and redeem that and restore that and to end the false negative mindset. And their term for all that he did is called grace, which covers everything. Grace is the divine enablement to be all we originally were and all God designed and created us to be. Now, while Jesus was here on earth as a human being, he revealed the only true God, pure 
love in action, grace, inclusion, no condemnation, no shame, no exclusion. Jesus had a perfect perspective mindset, love in action, class continually full to running over. Now, while Jesus was here, one of the ways that he pointed out or exposed the false mindset, especially the false religious mindset, was he hung out with people that the religious mindset considered unclean, sinners, outcasts, the shame, those who were excluded by the religious people. And he not only hung out with them, he loved them and he included them. Right now, these days, I'm helping a friend who's blind. He's been in jail for quite a while and will be there for quite a while. But I get to talk to him on the phone a couple of times a week. And I'm helping him in his spiritual blindness to see the light. Over time, since he started becoming blind, he started being ridiculed and shamed and taken advantage of and shunned, in particular by religious people. And I'll never forget the time I sat with him in his prison cell here in the town in Lawrence, Kansas, where I live. And I read to him Baxter Kruger's little book, The Parable of the Dancing God. And I'll never forget the expression on my friend's face when he, at the end of it, he said, I knew it. He said, I knew God had to be like that. I just knew God couldn't be like the people were telling me to be. See, deep down inside, I believe that we all know the truth, but God uses different means to reveal that to us and to show us what that false mindset of God and ourselves and other people is. Now, when a person is blind, you don't get mad at them because they can't see. No, you gently lead them and show them the way. You show them Jesus' perfect mindset which is grace, love, and action, the glass full and running over. Well, Jesus did that with people who were spiritually blind and people who were physically blind. Jesus demonstrated during his time here on earth the true perspective of God. He called his father the only true God. And he says, this is what true life is, or eternal life, which means the life of the ages. It's knowing God the Father and Jesus personally and intimately, and knowing their mindset. They are, Jesus is the exact representation of God. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen God. And what Jesus was like was always working out everything for the good, grace, the restoration of all things. And then to demonstrate that in the greatest way ever, in the greatest single act of love ever conceived, and even human beings couldn't conceive of it, pure grace, total power, On what we call Good Friday, Jesus let human beings demonstrate our false mindset in the most destructive way ever. We tortured him and murdered him and rejected him. It was brutal. And he did not even try to stop us. He didn't rebuke us. He didn't retaliate. He could have called down, in his own words, legions of angels to come and stop the whole thing. Could have wiped this all out and started all over. He could have wiped this all out and said, ah, the heck with this idea. Let's just keep the three of us. But no, Jesus' perspective was different. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. It's like they were blind. They can't see. Forgive them. Now, to the people watching at that time, their perspective of everybody watching this, virtually everybody there, their perspective was, it seemed like evil, 
and death won. It seemed like the glass was going to be forever empty, or at least half empty with rancid, polluted water. That's what it seemed like to the false mindset, the groupthink of all humanity, the false perspective. But it didn't seem that way to Jesus. The faith of Jesus knew all along what was going to happen, the faith of Christ. His last words were, it is finished, finished 100% for all people, all mankind, forever. When he died, then the Father and the Holy Spirit raised him and all of us from the dead. Jesus came out of the tomb with a smile on his face. He said, peace, joy. It was love in action. He demonstrated the true perspective that forever defeated the false perspective of death and evil. See, we killed him. Human beings killed him. When he died, he actually died as us. We died with him. And then God the Father and the Holy Spirit raised us with him to new life in Christ. With our original mindset restored, new creations, and all of that was done by God for us. He lifted up and took away our false mindset, our missing the mark of understanding the truth about God. He took that away. We call that sin. He took it away, lifted it up, never to bring it back again, never to bring it to mind, not to keep a list of it, not to punish us for it forever. And he showed us that our spirit, the real us, is seated with him in the spiritual realm. He literally overcame the collective groupthink of the, quote, sin of the world. Now, that's the story. What does that mean for us today and every day when we talk about the finished work of Christ? What is Jesus' perspective? Well, Jesus' perspective is that the finished work includes all of that. It includes his ascension to heaven, the spiritual realm, and then Pentecost, 50 days after Easter, the Holy Spirit being poured out on all people, Christ being in all people, love in action, grace for all. That's Jesus' perspective. And here's what it means for you and me every day. This is Jesus' perspective. Our old mindset is gone. The old religious groupthink is gone. It only exists in people's minds. It's not real. We are saved, all of us, which means he made us whole. He made us right with him, pure and without fault. All our sin has been dealt with, taken away. There's no list. They don't remember. They don't count anything against us. Everyone is included. We are all one with the Trinity. We are all in Christ, where we were created before the beginning of time. Christ, the Holy Spirit, and Papa are in all of us. We all have the mind of Christ, the true perspective. We are all sanctified, purified, and glorified. Sin and death have no power over us unless we give it power in our mind. We have the true perspective mindset, the mind of Christ. Christ speaks to us. The Holy Spirit of Christ in us constantly reveals the truth to us. Christ will not only live in us and through us, but as us. God's grace and Christ is grace, covers everything. It's all him, nothing we do. We can't make it any better. We can't make it any worse. We can't cause God to love us any more or any less. This is all grace, love in action. Their glass is totally full and running over from inside of us out. Water streams of living water. Now, 
Because of what Jesus did in restoring our perfect perspective mindset, we're free. This is all good news. So now, what we can do is to confess that. Confess has taken on a really terrible false meaning. The word confess comes from a Greek word, homologio, which means to agree with, to say the same thing as, to, say, to take sides with Jesus in his perspective, not to hang on to a dark, false perspective, but to agree with Jesus to say the same things Jesus did. Now, you may have heard or been taught false things, bad things, especially from a false religious perspective. You may have heard that, well, God was separate from Jesus at the cross, persecuting Jesus, pouring out his wrath on Jesus because somebody had to pay for violating God's rules. That's not true. Not even close. That's a perversion. It's not true. It's a false perspective. You may have heard, well, all right, Jesus did his part, but now you got to do yours. Not true. Jesus did it all. He finished it. You might have heard, well, yes, Jesus died on the cross, but only for some people, not for all people. All doesn't really mean all. Not true. That's a perversion. That's a false mindset. You may have believed, well, yeah, uh, you may be a Christian now, but now you got to believe right and follow certain rules to get and stay right with God. Nope, not true. You may have heard this. Now, once you die, God's going to ask you if you believed in Jesus, if you accepted him as your Savior, if you prayed the sinner's prayer using the right wording, if you asked Jesus into your heart, and if you made him Lord of life, if you did all that sincerely, and only God knows, of course, then God will let you in. If not, he's going to say, sorry, can't do anything for you now. You just got to be tortured. Uh, actually, I'll do the torturing forever. That's all false. Not a single bit of that is true. None of it. That all comes from a false mindset, comes from the false mindset, the doctrines of man. God's not going to ask anybody a question. He's going to continue to proclaim to you that he loves you, and he's always loved you, and he included you before the beginning of time, and he's for you, and that Jesus did everything necessary for you and everybody at the cross to be right with him forever. As Jesus is, so are you, right now and always. I've come to realize that God only relates to our real, true, perfect perspective mindset, which is our spirit, our heart. God doesn't relate to that which is false. It's not real. Now, what we want to do is to remember Jesus and his perspective, to remember his perspective of why he came and what all he did, and to worship him in spirit and truth. What that means is worshiping him, relating to him, enjoying him in the truth that our spirit is one with Christ's spirit and that Jesus' perspective is the correct one. Just have one scripture for you today, 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 to 11. This is what the Apostle Paul says, and this is the message translation. God did not set us up for an angry rejection, but for salvation by our master, Jesus Christ. He died for us, a death that triggered life. Whether we're awake with the living or asleep with the dead, we're alive with him. So speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope so you'll all be together in this. No one left out, no one left behind. And Paul says this, and I say it to you too. I know you're already doing this. Just keep on doing it. 
I want to close with a post that my friend Ron Wright put online. He actually put this up on Good Friday, and I think it's very appropriate to what we're talking about today. He says, it's a contradiction of thought, the term good and a story of horrible crucifixion. How can there be any good in what is the antithesis of good? Yet, it is this very contradiction that Good Friday settled in the human heart forever. Good Friday, he writes, was the culmination of mankind's darkness, delusion, and violence. All that violence and anger in the human psyche, in our false perspective, our false mindset, came out upon the Lamb of God who surrendered himself to mankind's hatred. He didn't resist it. He didn't retaliate. He held no thought of revenge or retribution. He absorbed it all. He took within himself the whole condition of a fallen universe, a fallen mindset, along with all its death, darkness, and violence. He became, in one moment of time, the embodiment of our condition, our mindset, and our projections. There, in seeing his horror, we saw our condition, upfront and personal. It took the Son of God to make our vision clear, to make our consciousness escape its fear and see the truth that God is not a tyrannical judge, but a lover with a capital L, absolute goodness with a capital G, Father with a capital F. Then he quotes John 1, 18, the New Jerusalem Bible. No one has ever seen God. It's the only Son, Jesus, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known to us. And so it was, Ron writes, that on that Good Friday, this absolutely good God ended all judgments by taking into his son all the horror and death and fear of our condition and swallowing it up forever in the most brilliant of light. You see, there is no good in Good Friday until the absolute goodness of God is revealed. Good Friday is good because it revealed the end of the angry God theology of the egoic mind, man's fallen mind version of God, the wrathful and avenging God of the darkened mind, was replaced by the enlightened version of the sun-revealed God. The age of the angry God ended on Good Friday. The age of a loving father began on Easter morning. This is the good in Good Friday. The post-flood rainbow of grace is over our lives. It's time to plant, nurture, and harvest the absolute goodness of God. To attach God's wrath or punishment now to anything after the cross is to bring in another gospel, not the one Jesus taught. Anyone who sees pandemics, floods, or disasters as some punishment for sin demonstrates their own ignorance. In the success of the cross, and he closes with this, the good news and the Good Friday message is the fact that God succeeded to reveal mankind's right standing in himself. He reveals his own perfection of love in both his essence within and action towards us. There's no darkness in love, no retribution or wrath, all the way down from heaven into flesh rejection and crucifixion and all the way back up through deathless resurrection and ascension into infinite glory, there has only ever been love from God for us. That's a great post. He is, Ron Wright has a great way of putting things. Folks, the dark 
groupthink, the false evil perspective mindset about God and ourselves and others died with Jesus at the cross. It's gone. It has no power over us anymore. We don't have to take those thoughts. We'll hear them from people. They may come into our mind because we've heard them before, but we have the mind of Christ. So now all we have to do is go, no, that none of that's true. That's a false mindset that Jesus overcame at the cross and did away with. I'm going to agree with Jesus and say what Jesus is. I'm going to take Jesus' perspective over anybody else's. Hey, that's called good news for you and me and everyone. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time on Grace to All with Paul Gray. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.